Hello, people of the world. Spice up your life. Ah. <laughs> PTSD. I'm what? PTSD? Here, so. I am so tired of, <laughs> of you men criticizing. Don't, don't love me. Criticizing great 90s music. Okay, just for the record. Do you like Shania Twain? Spice Girls cannot in any respect be classified as great music. They were a no, no, no. they were a moment. They were good. I'm not even beefing about them necessarily, although I'll beef about everything having anything to do with American entertainment because I'm in they that were mood. British. I'm in that mood today. Yes, but it was here that was the great the issue. 90s music. You have to you have to specify. Does that lower the scale yes, somehow? Yes, 100%. Okay. <laughs> Because yes. normally you're saying music of the 90s is the greatest music of all time. It is. So that should raise it the It is, scale. but it's so, so bizarre. It was a lot like... of bizarre. Yeah. The, I will give credit. Now, to, just to jump off of this track, because Spice Girls are Spice Girls. It's whatever. Um, they, they were great marketers. They knew mm. exactly what they were doing, and they Spice did Spice well. World? Come on. What a movie. But I... Yeah. Anyway, I wouldn't know I didn't watch Spice World. Spice World. Why would I watch Spice World? <laughs> Let's just come on, man. <laughs> I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge. Why would I ever watch Spice World? <laughs> yeah, if you watch <laughs> if you watch Spice World and not Hacksaw Ridge, we got a problem. But let's just let's just recognize Dennis Shania Twain skills. I mean, no. Even, even though her primary songwriter and former husband it was just no longer part of her story? life. Have but you heard that story? I know, but scandalous. Some seriously good music and so right. and I I resisted, you know, because I was. You can't like, resist. I'm like, should I you jump is, on the Twain train? She's not country, you know. She's not country. She's. I mean, she she's was Canadian like, country, so right. it's kind of you know right. it's there. It, it, and it fits, but Shania country's Twain. a broad genre. Right. I mean, Ray, Ray Charles was is in the Country Music Hall of Fame right. before he was in. I think that was the first. I think that was the first Hall of Fame he was in, if I'm not mistaken. I Shania be. Twain walked so Taylor Swift could run. I will say that. Without Shania Twain, there is no Taylor Swift. You, you, you had that ready. Now, I did, didn't. Did, did you steal that from somebody? No, or was I didn't. That I just, it in your just mind? came out of my wow. That brain. that was good. That it's was true. Good. I will take Shania Twain over Taylor Swift Same. any day of the Same. week and twice on Sunday. So she is married now to her... This is probably not appropriate for the podcast. Hey, what else is new? Yeah. Um, her ex-husband slash producer... There are no rules. Put your shirt Put your on. on. Her ex-husband slash former producer was having an affair with her best friend. So then they all got divorced. And now she's married to the guy her, her ex-best friend was married to. And her ex-husband is married to her former best friend. I'm, I feel dizzy. Right. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Hmm. We spent almost an hour trying to get this all to work. My word. So we're in a little ranty kind of crazy mood, which would, you know, explain the shenanigans. Sinus headache doesn't help. Nope. And I'm so about to have a Makes me a little nervous cranky. Break. <laughs> so so what, I'm, what I'm hearing is we are in a dark and fallen world. That And we are accurate. going to need armor to protect us. True story. Because we are not probably not as much as Shania Twain did. Not point, able to do it. Not able to do it ourselves. <laughs> I've been listening and to so much Shania Twain this morning. <laughs> so apparently, this is one of your your stress listens, then, right? So. Pretty much all '90s music is <laughs> even Spice Girls. So you're never not stressed, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing keeping me going. Yeah, there's a lot of '90s music that actually causes me stress. Same, but that's true in most decades. Whew, man. 
Comment with your favorite 90s song. It will make me happy. I will say, in, in, in my opinion, within my lifetime, okay, there's, you know, classic... Classic Hank before obviously before my lifetime. Mozart was one. But in my lifetime, nineties early to mid nineties especially, was the golden age, the prime time for country music. That that was mm. Yeah, I agree. It's either gonna late, be like late eighties to to probably ninety seven, ninety eight. It's either gonna be that or Johnny Cash era. Yeah, you got to go back to right. you know sixties. But as far as like so in recent years, yeah. As much as I love, there's some really great stuff that came out of the seventies. Mm. But it was really transitioning. the 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 content was not in any way family friendly for a lot of the stuff in the seventies. I, I saw a meme the other well, day. Well, Johnny Cash had a right. lot of very, not very family friendly stuff. I saw a meme the other day. It said, "Why are all men?" male country songs about like wanting a, a wife with wholesome values and casseroles and dogs and whatever and all songs that women country singers sing are like oops I killed my husband <laughs> that sounds like 90s stuff that, and that's really that sounds like a good description of 90s country music good times you know Sawyer Brown Billy Dean you know a lot of the stuff that was good I was just listening to I was laughing with my son Gabriel who is a recent convert to, to country music hey. um, but current country I music I can't Talk and about him right now. Because he, he, he doesn't like Shania. No, it was Dennis that bashed Shania Twain. Gabe didn't so, know who Shania Twain was. Well, I mean, he was like three. He's a but, fetus. Actually, when she was, he wasn't born yet. He was. She was big. He, she, and Ricky Martin were both big when yes. Gabriel was. And born. that was like ninety nine. When Gabriel was 99. born. I can't. I <laughs> so anyway, uh, he, and he's grown and married now. Has six kids. Has no kids. But and I'm anyway, one hundred and seven. So anyway, it's been eighty-four years. But you look at, at, at those. I was just mentioning to him that I, <laughs> I, I was listening. It, we're you know fair week last week, so mm. I'm listening to a lot of more country music. Talk and, about putting on the armor. And you know what came up was Doug Supernaw, and okay. Gabe's like, "What's a Doug Supernaw?" It's my nickname <laughs> in high school. Have you ever heard of Doug Super? And, and unless you were there in the late nineties. Nobody's heard of Doug Supernaut. You know, that's, but I feel like that's a little way with a lot of 90s artists. Like, yeah. they had a moment, yeah. and then they didn't. Well, and he had that song, uh, I Don't Call Him Daddy, that was huge. Mm-hmm. And that was actually the song that came up. It's the, I, the only song that I can remember from him, actually. Uh, and I didn't remember that until it came up on my playlist. And, and the mullet was nice. But anyway. The, mullets are back. Holy cow, at the fair, everybody. I had, guess it's like. Everybody had a mullet. It like, was, call Billy Ray Cyrus, they are back. Yeah, it's. It, it, you know, and, and true mullets. You know, right. for quite a while, it's been like they would call your haircut a, a mullet. You know, if you have hair to your shoulders, it was a mullet. I'm right. like, how, how is this a mullet? Right. If it's not two different haircuts. It's not business in the front, party right. in the back. If it's, it's not a mullet. If it's not the two Wisconsin different haircuts, waterfall. it's not a true. Right. Mullet, not right. not the real. But now you got everybody looking like the Peterson brothers, you know, or where you've got. It's not like the Joe Dirt mullet, that, right? That, you know that that'll give it a couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> let it get a little longer. But everybody's got it. You know, short business in the front and and permed in the back now. So you yeah. get, you're getting the blonde perm going. And I'm like, wow, I feel very nostalgic right now. And for some of these kids, they can pull it off. You put on a trucker cap, it looks pretty sharp on some of them, but. Wow, it's we do live in quite a world. We live in quite a world. It's mullets are back. We do live in quite a world, and and again, we're at the fair, looking around and just seeing how far we have come 
from any sense of shared moral values in, in, in our society. And I just sing the Templeton song from Charlotte's Web whenever I'm at the fair in my head. <laughs> Which the, is actually sort of a nightmarish scene for me. I it really, I no, know. I love that. The music scene. is great, but the, the With scene. With all the food it's, falling around? Yeah, it's a lot like the Pink Elephants on Parade from, no, that's from Dumbo. Trippy. That's And trippy. I'm looking at it, I'm like, I'm nauseated right now. A, I hate rats. B, I don't really like, you know, gross stuff. And, and I loved it, that just, scene where he's just stuffing his face. It's just. It's gluttony. It's just too much. It's it too much. It is gluttony, much. for sure. And, anyway. Uh, anyhow, but as as we're walking around there, I'm just realizing there is such a battle for our minds mm. going on. And uh, and and we mentioned this. I'll, I'll tone it back from the something to rant about pre-show. Ooh, it was a good thing. one today. It was a long one today with well, the yeah, computer. Well, yeah, because we're waiting for the computer. But, uh, you know, I'm seeing, as I mentioned, these... Teenage girls walking around holding hands and not in an innocent way that girls used to. Not hold like hands. a girlfriend sort of way. Like, yeah, it was. Well, I mean, like, you know, yeah, like girlfriend a, sort of way. Not yeah, in, the, in a in a. That's how you know you're older when you call your girls girlfriends. Pseudo and you don't romantic mean kind of way, and huh. um, it, and you can, you know, how in a movie I you do. can see, <laughs> you can see when the the romantic leads have a chemistry between yes. them and when, and and when it's forced, you know? yeah. And that, I'm looking around, and so much of it was just forced. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. There's no, if I can say this, and I, I don't know. You can. I probably can't you say can. it, but it'll there get no said rules. anyway. Uh, Living you, on the we're, edge. We're in these same-sex relationships without conviction. I right. mean, there's so many people, young people, teenagers, who don't actually believe in their core, the things that they believe in their outer emotions. And so you're caught up in these relationships because the world is telling you this is who you are or who you should be or because it's the cool thing. So now you're, you're, you know, you, you, you aspire to these things and it's, there's no real connection. There's no meaningfulness to it. There, there's, it's insane to me how we've created struggles where there are no struggles. Yes. To to create problems inside when we don't actually feel those things until we make ourselves feel those things. And then it further it, creates divisiveness as well. And and the devil has deceived us into it. So now, yeah, you've got the divisiveness. We're going to fight over it. You've got Christians fighting over whether or not the word of God means what it says or whether it says what it says. I'm looking at it. It says what it says. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. But wait... Here are the words. Oh, but it's a mistranslation. Okay, but here are the words in the Greek and in the Hebrew. Hebrew and in the early Latin translation and in every translation. And it's not a translation issue ever when the sin is not labeled but described repeatedly. And these things are really hard for, for me to swallow. Because they're not hard for us to understand. Mm. And I'm not surprised, we shouldn't be surprised, when the world around us is dark. Because the world around us is ruled by the prince of darkness. Does not it? Ozzy Osbourne, but the devil. It's, this is the, the, the prince of the power of the air is in control within whatever limited capacity God allows that under his own sovereign rule. 
this world is dominated by sin and the devil. So we shouldn't be shocked when unbelievers act like unbelievers. It's the it's the church folks. Right. And, and, and when I say I'm using every term that I use in relation to that has to be fairly loose because if we are not if we are not following the word of God with Christ as our Lord, then we are not saved. Right. Now, again, we all know that it's not perfection. But if I'm living, thinking, talking, moving, breathing in rebellion against God's word, I am not in Christ. Mm-hmm. Just not. But the thing is, and you know, I think this this uh, suit up sermon that you did on Sunday about the armor of God, everybody knows that passage, you know, everybody knows the, the different pieces and what they represent and da 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 But getting really into it, and I, I know you said we were going to kind of dive deeper into it in the coming weeks, kind of making a series out of it, but gosh, does it seem like that's more prevalent than ever because it's not that anything is necessarily new in, in this darkness of the world, but man, it just seems overwhelming right now. And, yeah. and it's just one thing after another, and it just keeps piling on, whether it's, you know, what's going on in Afghanistan or COVID-19 or kids in schools wearing masks or not wearing masks and parents screaming at each other and this yeah. and this and this. And it just feels like so much. And, and as a Christ follower, it's hard sometimes to not only know how to handle those things, but just how to step out into the world. Right and not feel completely like overwhelmed and even attacked at times. And so, yeah, because we are constantly under attack right. and it is overwhelming if we we're to do it on ourselves. Right. You know, and I saw you shared one of the points from the sermon mm-hmm. on Facebook that that you know <laughs> we we can stand against the devil, against the enemy, but we can't stand on our own. Right. You know, that that's just the truth. It's the truth, but it should also be a source of comfort knowing that you don't have to stand on your own. Yeah. And and I think far too often we're leaning on our own, you know, I can do this, I'm strong enough, I can blah, 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 blah. And that never works out very well. I mean, you may and, be able and to And sometimes say, we don't think of it as, as leaning right. on ourselves because we're leaning on therapy, self-help right. stuff, right. psychologists, you know, the, you know, whatever the... But all those things are meant to doctors, boost you. Right. To, to make you feel, give you the self-confidence and whatever else to think, you know, I can do this. Right. I can... We're trying to come up with human secular solutions... Right. To spiritual problems, right, and that might work for a while, but it's not sustainable. Exactly, and, and because it can deal, it's kind of like you know behaviorism mm. versus conversion. Right, it can it can bind back our behaviors. We can right. discipline ourselves to get some things corrected in the external existence, mm-hmm. so that we can live our best life now, you know, so to speak, as much as we understand what we're talking about. So we can do things that will cause our temporal life to be better, mm-hmm. but we're not actually dealing with the root of the problem. So it's kind of like, you know, if I have cancer and it man, let's say, and I'm not even going to try to make this medically accurate, but let's say I have cancer, or I have a brain tumor and it manifests itself in a headache. Mm-hmm. So I take a pain reliever to deal with my headache. Have I fixed the problem? No. I, I have an external thing to, to treat a symptom, right. but I'm not dealing with the, the deeper reality. This is a big deal. Right. You know, therapy gets that idea right. I, I write for some therapists, so don't believe everything you read, read, read online because it's probably me. Um, but I, I write, just said that to your mom. <laughs> I write for some therapists, but... Uh, I looked the, it up online. I said, did Stacy write it? <laughs> it's my ghost, my ghost name. Um, but, you know, one thing that they all say consistently is that in order to really, 
whether it's to alleviate anxiety or whatever, you have to uncover the root of the issue. And maybe that was, you know, childhood trauma or whatever. You have to get back to the root um, or you're never really going to fully heal from it. And it's the same with anything. You know, if you're just trying to put a Band-Aid on something instead of, you know, I don't know, doing surgery, then yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna get through it. Right, and and psychology as a secular practice understands that. My beef with it is it never gets to the actual root. Mm-hmm. It goes deeper than when we just try to deal with the the you know the the tail whip of it. Right. So it's it's trying to get to okay, why are you acting this way? In talking it through, right. and the benefit of therapy is that it can help you order your thoughts. The problem in, from a secular therapeutic position is that it never goes to the true issue, which is the spiritual battle that we're in all the time. And until we get to this battle for our souls and battle for our minds that is bigger than just things have happened to me and therefore I do this, right. but to recognize that there is actually an enemy who is actively pursuing these things until we recognize that we can't deal with the true issues but recognizing it is only half of it only half of it you we got to actually do something about it which is what paul's saying here and and it's it's not insignificant that paul brings this up and he says finally brothers and sisters he, he brings this up at the end of this letter he's gone through the our our state and he starts out talking to christians in ephesus first century church uh, in the area surrounding Ephesus, maybe including you know some of the surrounding cities uh, or, or smaller towns. And as he is addressing them, he starts out just exuberant. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And he's going through how amazing it is to be in Christ. And he describes to them what it means. Because if you're in Christ, here's how this works. right? So in Romans, he's laying out, here's how you come to Christ. In Ephesians, you're in Christ. Let me clarify for you how you got here. Hmm. You didn't get here because you did stuff. You didn't get here because you're smarter than other people, so you saw what others couldn't see. You got here because God chose you and adopted you, and he settled your future, and, and he has made you right. But don't think for a moment that you're better than somebody else or different ontologically than, than other people because you and I and all of us, just like everybody else, were objects of God's wrath. We lived according to the, the rules of this world, according to the flesh. That's, that's who we were. And because of that, we were spiritually dead. Every single person born physically alive, but spiritually dead. Until we are brought from death to life by God's grace given to us in Christ. And he clarifies, it's by grace you're saved, not anything on your own works nothing that you're doing and even points out you're you're saved by god's grace it's the grace that saves you not your faith your faith doesn't save you you take hold of that grace and as we were talking about earlier and we we say so often it's like the grace is a gift that's given and it's paid for It, it it's something that that has already been purchased completely and it's yours the faith is your decision to receive it and unwrap it Right, and and he says even that faith, even your ability to to take hold of it and unwrap it, 
that doesn't come from you. That comes from God. It's a gift from God that you're able to see it and take hold of it. So after establishing all of that, then he goes into you know the, the rest of the book saying, now here, because of who you now are, you were this, now you are this. So live in a way that fits who you are now, not who you used to be. You're not a slave. Don't live like a slave. Instead, live like the the son or daughter of the king that you are you are royalty you are you are children of the most high god so why would you do stuff that belongs to who you were before you got any of that before you had a new heart before the holy spirit lived inside you before you were changed you didn't you couldn't live any other way right. so why would you want to go he says in romans why why, why would you want to go back to what you're ashamed of in your life. Why would you want to live like that old person? Now he gets, after all of that, he gets to this final point. And his point, is our core reality said, is that God provides all that is needed for his children to stand against the forces of darkness. You are in a battle. It's not just that you, you, know, you struggle because you're weak. Yes, true, but you are under attack. So nobody right now, this, as we're talking right now on the 24th of August in, in 2021, we have just seen Afghanistan, if I can say, fall to the Taliban uh, as we have um, precipitously pulled out uh, from our military presence there. And there's a lot of chaos that's going on. So this is a, a very... Um, dangerous place to be it has been you know it's in a hostile land you cannot be in kabul right now and be unaware of the fact that you are in if i may a hot zone you know it so you have to you have to take measures to be wise about how you conduct yourself what you're doing where you're going how you prepare for for what's going on And this is true if you're a you know a combat soldier in Vietnam or World War II and you're in occupied territory. When you're in that occupied territory, you even when you're resting, you have to still make sure that you're vigilant. Somebody is paying attention. You got to know what's going on because you're never not in danger. You're always in a position where there is whether you're actively engaged in something personally at this very moment, it's all around you. There is an attack. And so the same thing is true for us spiritually. Paul is saying, look, guys, this is all over. You know, you, you are in a battle and your enemy is scheming, he's strategic. And the darkness will envelop you. You will go down if you don't put on this armor. But God has given you all you need. And we'll talk about what that armor is over the coming weeks. But as you're walking through this, he gives this imperative to be strong, implying that there's a choice. You, you get to decide what you're going to do. And, and uh, I used the illustration on Sunday that it's, it's like the physical gaining of strength. You're not just born. I mean, some people are born physically stronger than others. You just show up and, you know, there are some people who are just built a certain way. But what what makes you strong is what you do with that. The choice you make to exercise, eat right, you know, all those kinds of things. The more you use those muscles, the more it hurts, (laughs) the soreness comes out. 
the more exhausting it can be, but the stronger you get. The, the same thing is true in putting on the armor of God. If we're going to be strong, we have to make the choice to do the diligent thing, to, to work toward discipleship. And if we don't do that, if we don't put in the work aspect, then we're not going to experience the victory that Christ has already won for us. Because he's won it, there's nothing left for us to do to gain the victory. But there's a lot left for us to do to walk in the victory that he's already given to us. So we have to put on the armor. We, we looked at uh, a battle, uh, everybody's coming against uh, Judah in Second Chronicles 20. Is it Second Chronicles? Yeah, Second Chronicles 20. And uh, as we talked about that, you know, Jehoshaphat the king was like, Lord, we don't know what to do. We're overwhelmed, you know, so we're looking to you. We're lost. And the Lord speaks through, uh, um, through one of the men there and, and, and says, here's what you do. Gear up, get your stuff on, and you go out there and take your stand. And I will fight this battle for you. And by the time they get there, when, when they obey and they do what God has called them to do, so there is an active role that they have, Everybody's already dead. They've, all the enemies have killed each other. And all that's left for them to do is to pick up the plunder and take it home. They get to experience, to walk in the victory that God has won for them. This is a picture of the gospel for us, of the, the full gospel, that we have been saved by what Christ did. We don't earn it. We don't work our way up to it. The victory over sin and death and darkness and the devil has already been won in Christ. The devil's a defeated foe already. But we have to put on the armor. We have to take up the sword. We need to go to stand. And when we do that, we find that, wow, this victory is here. We just get to walk in it. And so, you know, the, the passage that, that we were looking at from Ephesians 6, uh, 10 to 13, and we just kind of basically walked through it on Sunday. Um. And, and we'll come back to this because this is the foundation of all the details we'll look at over the coming weeks. This is finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So it's not my strength, it's the Lord's strength. I choose to be strong in his strength, in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So I have to put it on. It's God's armor. He provides it. He's provided everything that I need to stand in this battle. But I put it on and I take a stand. But the enemy is scheming. The enemy is strategic and he's working to try to take us down. God's already got this battle won. It's, it's settled. The outcome is absolutely certain already. I just have to do what the commander has said. And he clarifies the reason for it by saying, for our struggle, and it's all of us, it's not individual struggle. Your struggle and my struggle might not be the same in the details, but it's all a strategic warfare against the church of Christ. Right. So we're in it together. Our struggle is not what we normally think it is. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against the circumstances in our life. It's not against that person that's come against me or betrayed me or whatever else. It's against all of the forces of this dark world. Okay, it's against the, the you know, rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He's building this out, but it's essentially all the same thing that he's talking about. This is a spiritual battle against spiritual forces, and he, he details how that works, but the, 
but the hierarchy isn't the point. The fact that there is a hierarchy is a thing, but, but that's not his point here. We are not in a battle. We're not doing spiritual warfare or we're not doing warfare against all of the things here and all the stresses and the struggles. And, you know, it's not about our government or COVID-19 or Afghanistan or the crisis in my family or the physical ailments that I'm dealing with. It's bigger. It's about the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when the trouble hits, and the trouble does, is not if, it's coming. It's here. It's all around us. And right now you might be in a moment of peace, but you're still in a war zone. You're mm-hmm. still in this battle. It's coming right now. And again, you know, just look around us. We're, right. we're constantly undergoing this. If you put on this full armor, that is what provides for you the ability when the day of trouble, when the day of evil comes, that you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, after you've done all these things, you've carried out the commands, you've obeyed what you've been taught uh, with Christ as your Lord, that you'll be able to stand. But if we don't do these things, if we don't obey the commands, if we don't put on the armor, if we disregard God's word, we can't expect protection or victory. Right. We, we can't expect to be walking a victorious life when God says, do this to experience this victorious life. And we say, um, I don't think that's what I'm going to do. Right. I'm just going to ask God to give it to me. Well, he's already given it to you. He's already won the battle. But if you don't put on the armor, take up your arms, take your stand, then you can't pick up the plunder that's waiting for you because the Lord has already defeated the enemy. We will stop there. Oh my goodness, we're stopping with 10 seconds to go. Boom. <laughs> we we were just going to run in super late today. Um, so I guess that's what we should do every week. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys for listening. Pretty good chance the computer can delay us anytime. Truth. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, feel free to email us with any comments or questions at somethingrealatreallifeonline.org. You can also leave us a comment on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. Um, or you can leave us a voicemail either on the Anchor app or at 269 756 R-L-C-C. And I forgot to do it this week, but um, if you do follow us on social media, I'm going to try to post a, a kind of a prompt before the podcast, hopefully on Mondays, the Monday before we record, um, that anybody can post questions that they might have that we can talk about during the discussion. So, and if you don't follow us on social media, you do should. It. Do it now. Um, really, we're just on. Do it now. <laughs> do it. Uh, we're just on the real life. We don't do have, the chop up. We don't have our own separate thing, except for Twitter we do. But otherwise, it's just real life uh, Facebook page and YouTube. So you can find us there. We have, we do have our own email address, I guess. So, Or you can email us there. And we have the real life Insta. We do. We respond so. to a number of things. We never got a carrier pigeon, which I'm severely disappointed about, but what are you going to well, do? Well, somebody sent one, but it got lost. <laughs> never mind. I won't make a morbid New York joke. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next time.